So friends, 2024 is going to be the year of sales. This is when all of us, whether you're a service provider, a business owner, regardless of your industry, sales are going to be the focus and your sales software should not hold you back. If you're with me on the focus on sales this year, then I want you to look at HubSpot's Sales Hub. This is going to be your CRM that's going to equip you to do your very best work, just like you're sitting in the pilot seat with easy to use and powerful controls. That's the entire magic of HubSpot Sales Hub. This new sales hub is designed to help you win quarter over quarter. It's got an intuitive prospecting workspace and AI-powered tools that are going to reduce your workload. Managing leads is a lot less like manual labor, and we are all about optimization. That's what you're going to get with HubSpot. If you're with me to close more deals in 2024, then let's get on track. Let's get a head start in Q1. Learn about HubSpot Sales Hub at hubspot.com slash sales. This is the Ops Authority Podcast, where my mission is to break down the backside of your business so you can take the right actions to grow and scale. Hey, I'm Natalie Gingrich, a small business operations expert, and I'm going to give you a front row seat to real solutions that will help you reach the vision that you have for your business all while equipping you to put out those inevitable pesky fires and those fears that pop up. Listen in for strategies to grow your team, craft the systems and processes that you need for your business, and establish business foundations that you may have skipped over. I know you're ready to do really big things, so let's do it together. Hey, hey, friends, welcome back to another episode of the Ops Authority Podcast. We are in the midst of opening our doors to our 23rd round of the Director of Operations Certification Program. And if you've been listening to us, or if you haven't, you should stop and go back to the last couple of episodes from this year. And we're right now in January. So throughout the beginning of this year, we've had a couple of guests and former students who have come on and given their perspective and their experiences. And I would encourage you to go back and listen to both Stephanie and Martina and just get a better idea of what the certification has done for them. If you're in the midst of up-leveling your operations skills to contribute greater in your career, as an operator, then you definitely don't want to miss this upcoming round of the certification. We are on round 23, almost certifying 450. We actually may be over the 450 mark and going to accomplish our goal of certifying over 500 people this calendar year. So we are really excited. We are really good at what we do and we are on fire to welcome this upcoming round. If you're interested, head over to directorofops.com and learn more about it. So today in episode 237, we are going to be tackling one thing that really holds us back. And when I say us, I'm talking about high-level operators. If you're listening to this right now, I'm talking to you. And I'm going to go over something that holds us back, that gives us so much stinking resistance as we progress inside of our careers. And I know that you're going to want to stick around and listen to this. That thing that I'm talking about is imposter syndrome. As you progress in your operations career, 
and in any career, actually, you will undoubtedly be faced with imposter syndrome. So in today's episode, I am going to define what that looks like. I'm going to get vulnerable and share what that has looked like for me inside of my business and my career. And then I'm going to share with you the specific ways that I have learned to deal with this when this comes up, because the hard truth behind all of this is that it doesn't go away. It continues to come up, but through a lot of coaching, a lot of therapy, and some mindset work, I have learned how to keep this at bay and at least squash it the second it starts to come up. I don't have the remedy for completely getting rid of it, but I'm excited to share with you guys the things that I have been able to do. I'm sure you have heard the term imposter syndrome thrown around everywhere, but today I wanted to define it clinically for you. And by definition, imposter syndrome is the condition of feeling anxious and not experience success internally, despite being high performing in external objective ways. This condition often results in people feeling like a fraud or a phony and doubting their abilities. Does that sound familiar? Can you put yourself right now in a place where you have felt like a fraud, even though you know that you are high performing, like your rational mind knows that you're high performing, you are an achiever, you accomplish a lot, and by all external means, you are successful. But for some reason, internally, you start to feel shaky, weak, wobbly, anxious. Those are all terms that I know I have personally felt when this comes up. All right, let me further define this. With imposter syndrome, a person does not feel confident or competent, regardless of what they are achieving. They don't experience the joy of success because they're always waiting for the inadequacy and fraudulence to come to light. When I read that, I mean, that is the clinical definition of what imposter syndrome is. And I look at it and I say, goodness gracious, why would anyone feel like that? The reality is this is something that was first discovered by two female, I add that here, by two female clinical psychologists back in the 1970s. And the ironic thing here is they originally defined imposter syndrome to define a condition that they observed in professional women. Now, we know after much more research since then that this actually comes up in everybody, men and women. In doing some research for this podcast, I learned that fact right there. I didn't know that this was discovered in the 70s. I also did not know that it was discovered by two females. And so kind of makes sense that they were looking at professional women But the thing that really blew my mind once I started to dig into this a little bit deeper is that imposter syndrome actually does not show up in children. They say that it's about the age of 20 before this is ever brought on. Just ruminate on that for a little bit. I'm sure as I have been describing imposter syndrome that you've had one or two, maybe a handful, heck, maybe even a dozen of instances where this has shown up for you. Now, when you think about those, what age did those happen? I have done a deep dive in preparing for this episode of really trying to reflect back when I started to feel like imposter syndrome was a thing. I never would have used those terms. And now that I know those terms and I reflect back and back and back, I think that this really never elevated to the point 
where I thought I was a fraud or I thought somebody was going to find me out, quote unquote, until I got into my first management position. At that point, I was 28 years old. I was in corporate America. And honestly, I was a young female in a military company, lots of males, lots of military heroes and military, you know, officers were inside of this company. And I was quite young as compared to them. Plus, I was female and there was a gender difference there. But this is the first time I start to really think about and see that I lacked confidence when I had absolutely no reason, no rational reason to think that I didn't fit there. I had all of the skills, all of their criteria. They selected me. So why would I be feeling this way? Why would I create anxiety around something? It really had almost nothing to do with the people around me, the people I was reporting to, the people I was presenting to. It had everything to do with me. And so I wanted to add that in here and see if you can jog your memory into the time and the place where you started for the very first time where you can recall that imposter syndrome was a part of your being. Interestingly enough for me, it was late in my 20, heck, almost 30. And that's the very first time I remember this. And so that research that I saw stating that imposter syndrome doesn't come up for, you know, youth and teens and even young adults wow, that was spot on for me. So I'd love to hear what that was like for you too. One other thing I want to clear up and make you aware of before we get any deeper into this is even though this is described as a syndrome, which I really wish they wouldn't have used that term, this is really a condition. It's really a nervous system response. And so I wanna make sure that you know that there's nothing really wrong with you But there's still some remedies that I think that you can easily insert and create as a fail safe for you to pull up when this starts. So again, this is not a syndrome. This is nothing wrong with you. This is a condition and it really seems to be prevalent in highly driven, ambitious females just like you. I love that the HubSpot Podcast Network has brought more and more shows to my attention. One of those that I want to share with you today is the Truth, Lies, and Workplace Culture, which is also hosted by the HubSpot Podcast Network. This is a husband and wife team, Al and Leanne Elliott, and they are genius with bringing both theory and practice to help business owners simplify consumer psychology. So yes, There's some science here, but there's a lot of practical information that our high-level operators just like you are really going to enjoy. One episode that I just dove into and listened to, I actually took notes on this, was the human-centric approach to business growth. That's an episode back from August, and it was really, really good. It's all about designing businesses around people rather than the work. As ops leaders leading teams and people, We know how important it is for work to be meaningful and rewarding, and I loved their thoughts on a human-centric approach. So if you like this kind of content like I do, then you should listen to Truth, Lies, and Workplace Culture wherever you get your podcast. All righty, a little story time for you. So I had been in corporate, I exited corporate, started my own business. And when I got started, I was really doing project management and starting to tip my toes 
into what ongoing project management looked like. Well, as the story goes, I ended up creating the director of operations role, which has morphed and changed over time. But the basis of it was people leadership and project management. And so those were two areas inside of businesses that always need work and support. Lots of times we're supporting CEOs that are visionaries who don't have those innate skills or interest in doing that in an ongoing capacity. So DOOs end up coming in to do that. Well, as you're doing that, remember, as a DOO, you are a proxy to the CEO, meaning I am there to support them, to help them carry out their visions and to bring things into fruition by leveraging team, people, contractors to make that happen. Of course, you got to have a great project plan. So as a result of being what ends up being the right-hand person to the CEO, you have a lot of authority. And what happened to me when I first tiptoed into this? Now, remember, I come from being the chief of staff for a CEO in a Fortune 150 company. So the fact that this still would come up after exiting the pressures and the bigness of that position, I know that's not a technical word, just go with me. We're having like coffee right now, so we're not judging, (laughs) but I kind of like the word bigness. Anyhow, you know, the fact that I would leave such a high-powered role and start to create this new version of myself supporting small business owners and brands, that this feeling would come up bigger than ever really blew my mind. And as I started to peel back the layers and really start to see when this started to take place, and really it almost beat me. It almost took me over at this particular time. And I wanted to share that with you today just to really humanize the fact that this actually happens and to let you know that as you experience this, you are 100% not alone. And I think it's also good for me just to talk about it because it's something that everyone in our programs and around me, I surround myself with high performing, high achieving females. And so of course, this happens to my core group my friends, my family, because those are the people I you know, tend to spend a whole lot of time with. But I was moving into, I'd set up my own business. I was moving into a DOO role outside of just doing like independent projects. This was starting to be an ongoing role and having to be the, the face of the internal business I was responsible for carrying out these initiatives, which required me to you know, interact with everybody in a very deep level. Plus, I love relationships, so that certainly added to it. But it was the responsibility of carrying out somebody else's vision that locked me up. When somebody would challenge me on it, I would start to think, oh no, did I not get it right? Oh no, are they right or is the CEO right? I would start to doubt and guess. And then whenever I would finally get the strength and the courage to say, nope, this is the way we're moving forward, not in a controversial way, but no, like from the clarity perspective, I came in and said, nope, this is what we're doing moving forward. I would start to have second thoughts like, did I do this right? Is the CEO going to back me up? Is this truly what she wanted or he wanted? And all of that was absolute nonsense. I have a system. Many of you guys know I am the author of the strategic mapping model, which is a trademark that we have here inside of the DOO program. It's also something that we license and it's only available to DOOs. 
But as I was putting together, you know, I was leveraging that framework. And that framework is super solid. At the same time, I started to second guess. It's really, really wild. Speaking of strategic map, I had imposter syndrome when I was putting that together. Now, this is my own work. This is the process that I walked businesses through. And as I was starting to see that this had power and other people wanted to know and to learn about this, I thought, well, duh, I'm going to put this together so that I can share it with more and more people. In the midst of doing that, I started to say, is this unique? Is it good enough? Are people going to X, Y, Z? Imposter syndrome showed up again, even when it was my work. So those are two different scenarios. One, when it showed up and I was supporting somebody else. So I was doubting that I would have their support if I heard them right. And then the other is when I doubted my own intellectual property. Did it have enough power to pull it together so that I could indeed share it with other people? I think it's really wild that our brains can start to assign shame to something that really should not. So in all of this, you can see that the things that were lacking in me, the confidence, the trust in myself, the belief in myself, I lacked clarity. I was holding myself back. I was, you know, it really crippled me from having and exhibiting really strong decision-making skills, which is something I'm very proud about. So if those things start to, to come up for you, those feelings that I just described start to come up for you, ask yourself, hmm, is this imposter syndrome? And be aware of it. Be cognizant that it does pop its ugly head. It does rear its ugly head sometimes. But you are smart, you are capable, and you are worth every ounce of success. You're going to need to see that from an internal perspective, just like the world externally is seeing this. I bet lots of people around you admire you for your smarts, for your successes, for your strength, for your bravery in business. And yet you wait, you hesitate, you second guess yourself. You feel the weight of self-doubt even when you should not, when there's no reason to do that. But you're absolutely not alone in this feeling and this experience. This is a silent underminer of those of us who are high-achieving women. So let's figure out what we can do as we move forward. Once you see this is coming up, what are you going to do? Now, these are tips and tools that I have personally used, and I've been able to adapt them from, again, like I mentioned earlier, both therapy as well as lots of coaching, self-help you know, models that are out there, as well as lots of good books. And heck, now all the YouTube out there too. So first thing I do, this is a simple question. Is this actually true? Whatever feeling I am having, like, oh, they're thinking this, or I'm not good enough, et cetera, you know, keep adding to that because there's a lot of things that come up for me. The first thing I do, the very first, that this is the thing in my back pocket that comes out the fastest, is this actually true? And you can ask yourself this, but when you get stuck in a cycle, I'm going to challenge you to go one step further. Go one step further and pull out a piece of paper, physical paper. I think it's way better than digital, but pull out a piece of paper and ask yourself on the top of that page, is blank true, right? Pros and cons or yes and no's. What are the thoughts that you are having and put them in the yes column or the no column? Is it actually true? 
For example, let's say you're going through an interview process and they ask you a question. And as you start to answer this, you start to tell yourself, which is completely distracting, but I've been in this exact scenario, but you start to tell yourself that I don't really have any experiences. I don't know what I can say right now. Ask yourself, is this actually true? Do you really not have that experience? Think about it. In a yes column, I have this amount of experience. I have been in these types of situations. I have this kind of a background. I am educated like this. I have gone through this certification. I have this kind of degree. All of those would mean that you are actually qualified. So I'm a big fan of asking yourself, is this actually true? When I get stuck in loops, I go right to that piece of paper and ask myself again, is blank true? Yes and no, left column, right column, and make actual statements. The next actionable thing that I do is have a, what I like to call like a board of directors, a close group of people or a person, doesn't have to be a group, a person that you can reach out to. Maybe it's having a coach. I know that inside of the DOO certification program, we have accountability advisors that are coaches, mentors, guides to every single one of our students. We meet you at an individual basis to where it doesn't feel like a group program. We do this so that we can support you. It is so important to have that support when you are going through a growth stage, which you're definitely going to be doing when you go through the certification. But in this instance, when you're having imposter syndrome, which we do a lot of supporting through, you want to lean, you want to reach out, you want to lean into a person, a group of people to help you get out of your head. So if you do these last two action steps sequentially, I think you're going to get the greatest value. If I'm reaching out to my people in a vulnerable way, I tend to be more forthright whenever I take the time to really collect myself before there, before I get to them. And so do these steps sequentially. First, you know, make that list of is this actually true? Yes, no. And then take that feeling, all those examples, and take them to your people. That's going to allow them to fully understand where you're coming from. And I always preface the group of people or the person that I'm reaching out to, to say like, I don't want this to be like a celebration. I don't want them to come back and just say, no, no, no. Like, I don't want pats on my back. I want to have deep conversations. And so I wanted to share with you that it is important for me, likely for you, to give some context around why you were reaching out to them. Hey, this is what I'm seeing in myself. Here's the work that I have done. Can we just talk through this? And then through that, I think that you're going to hopefully be able to see even more truth and then as a result, be able to practice some good self-compassion, which is going to be necessary as you are growing inside of your career. The third action step or tip that I want to share with you is really helpful when it gets to be cyclical, when this just keeps going on a wheel and I cannot get it out. Maybe this has lasted multiple days in a row. Like this feels like a rut. It can be like emotional overwhelm. And I have certainly been there. But when this happens to you and when it's happened to me, the best thing I can do is break the cycle. Now, all of us are gonna break the cycle a little bit different. And maybe those first two steps were enough for you. But for me, when I catch this early, taking deep breaths, 
taking a walk outside, stepping away from work. Recently, I got into a rut. I got into a negative pattern of thinking and it was it was heavy on me. You know what I did? I closed my computer. I just took off on a Friday. I had a couple of things I had to do early that morning for our team, but I just exited work and I didn't come near the thought of it all weekend long. I needed a hard break. But one of the greatest things that I do for myself is take some deep breaths, walk outside, and just pause and get curious about why you are allowing yourself to stay in this pattern. I hope that those steps are helpful for you and that just having this conversation gets you to thinking and gives you the strength to know that you are totally special. Imposter syndrome tries to minimize you. You are sabotaging yourself. You have achieved what most people will never achieve. You set your sights on something and you go after them. You are trained. You are educated. You have the exact experience that you need to be doing the work that you're doing. You are qualified to be working with the people, the brands, the businesses that you are. You are the greatest right hand to this leader. Try those affirmations. I fully believe each of us have all of those things and you're bettering yourself right now by listening to this podcast. Let's do a really skilled effort at getting imposter syndrome to be minimized as quickly as possible so that you can avoid any repeated patterns in something that can really sabotage your success. It's my greatest desire that all of us keep creating greater, bigger, longer-term visions for ourselves. that we take the right actions, the big actions, the scary, bold, brave steps that we need to to accomplish the things that feel really big and scary. As a result of doing that, I have to say a part of the process, a part of the successes are that we are going to experience this. So as a community of high achievers, I'm here for you. Come on over to theopsinsiders.com where we have a private Facebook group where a bunch, thousands and thousands of operators are joined together. And let's continue this conversation over there. Again, as you're elevating as a high achieving operator, if you're ready to get some additional skills, training, the very, very best frameworks and methodology out there to have your leaders praising you, paying you more, holding them on their payroll longer, then I would really want you to join us in the Director of Operations Certification Program. We are going to be starting very quickly, so we'd love to see your application very soon. I am so grateful that you tuned in today to hear this very important message. And don't fear, because I will be back next week with another episode of the Ops Authority Podcast. Thank you for investing just a little bit of time to listen to this episode of the Ops Authority Podcast. I am so grateful to be surrounded by real action takers like you who are invested in growing their business through operations. Will you add one more action to your to-do list today? Visit theopsauthoritypodcast.com where you can join our community of business owners and other ops experts. You're going to hear from me in a week, but in the meantime, do big things on the backside of your business.